Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles? That you're isolated and alone? Like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search Living Fearless Today on Facebook, and uh, then just click to join us. I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth, and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. This week I have with me Rick Ornelas. So Rick has started an organization called iSpark Change, just transforming our relationships and just being an absolute, you know, change maker. I'm so stoked to have Rick here with me today. Rick, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Mike. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be a part of your show. Well, thank you for joining me. Hey, Rick, if we could, can we start out talking about where you are today on the business side? Where are things for you as far as like, let's even talk about Ice Park change and, and where you're at with that? Yeah, thank you for asking, Mike, because that's that's the, you know, it's nearest and dearest to my heart at this moment. And mainly because of, you know, we have big goals for Ice Park change and the work we want to do. But where we are now is is really in the in the early, early stages. So so I founded Ice Park Change in October of last year, right around the time that my book was being published and I had gone through that, you know, my spiritual awakening and, and created Ice Park Change and had all these these plans for the future. And so since last October, been really laying all the foundations of iSpark change to, you know, initially we created our Facebook group and our webpage and, and our community online to, to start building that and, and spreading the, the positivity and, and, you know, elevating our social impact. And so it's been, it's been a lot of work since then, but we're finally getting to the point where in in the beginning, you know, just a couple of weeks, we're just a few weeks away from launching our, a new website, totally redesigned iSpark Change website that really captures what we do better than, you know, me trying to just get something up there last October did, honestly. And in doing so, it's really going to explain our mission of, you know, empowering others to spread positive change and elevate their social impact. And we have this social impact hero campaign that we're going to be launching at that time. And so just a lot of cool things that are just right around the corner for iSpark change, but we're still just so early on, just in the early phases, you know, where we want to get to eventually. Yeah. I was going to say, I know you've been doing a whole lot of stuff to both ramp up, but also to get to this point. Yeah. You've, you've had the, you've had a lot going on and been super, super busy. So 
as far as right now, how do things look on the personal side for you? And I'm sure there's some some intermingling because this is so personal and near and dear to your heart. Would you mind sharing where things are on the personal side for you? Sure, sure. I, I'm I'm in a really, really good place, you know, spiritually and emotionally and and, and physically even. And and I'd say that, you know, I'm there because of, of a couple of things. One is because I've had to go through all the challenges of where I was last year, right? And and, and mm-hmm. go through the struggles of the anxiety and the isolation and, and some of those places where I was in the past. But two, because of putting in that work and and being positive, right? Being optimistic, all the things that we we preach on a daily basis for Ice Park Change. But that, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I do all that work to benefit others and and want to spread their messages and everything. But the reality is, is that I get so much reward out of that, right? Out of that, I'm the one that's changed and changed probably more so than anyone else. At least that's, I think that, and in a, you know, in a positive way and that the impacts on me individually has been so, so substantial that that's why like, I, like I feel incredible. Like I'm I'm in a, I'm in a great place right now. And you know, it, it, it may sound selfish, but it's like, yeah, the more I do that, this, the more, you know, the more rewarding it is for me. So it, that's, feels fantastic. Awesome. How did you like get to this point of, of like saying, Hey, I, I'm going to have this, this, this organization and I'm going to have this plan. Like what brought about iSpark change and, and this trajectory that you're on? It was Mike, it was really a, it was, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. It was, it was a really a surprise. And, and I say that because I, last year I started to write my book, 12 hours of heaven uh, lessons for a better world. And I started writing that in April Hmm. and around June at the, when I was, I don't know, at some point within the writing around June halfway or somewhere around there, I I started going through a, a really spiritually connected time where I was having these dreams and, and visions and, and just a f- outpouring of creativity. And during that time, you know, a few things happened. My, my writing flourished where, you know, it, it went like five times the output in, in, you know, a couple hours of what would take me a day. And, and, you know, I started going through chapters and finishing my book really rapidly, but what was, what was even more substantial than that was just that, that spiritual relationship that I was having. And, and in that, all these ideas that I was given, I felt that I was being called, you know, that I, I was like divine inspiration and I was being called to, to do more. And that's where, you know, I don't know if it was, I don't know exactly if it was like a dream or a vision or what it was, but that's where the idea for I spark change came. That's where the idea that, and it's a theme that is woven in, in the book about sparking change, right. And, and spreading, spreading positivity. So it is, it is contained in there, but, but what happened was I felt I was being, being told to do more that, Hey, your book's going to be great. It's going to impact people. It's going to help you know, spread some positivity and give people some hope that they're struggling. And that's, that's all fine. It's not the end that it wasn't going to be the end that I was going to have to do more work. And that's where the idea for ice park change came. That was like, you're going to you know create this community. You're going to, to start building this movement towards positive change and, and start making a bigger impact 
uh, in the world. And, and so it was, it was really there where I, I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a clear understanding of what it was going to look like. I, I was just like, okay, I, I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I, I'm trying to figure it out. At the time I started, like I said, weaving it into the story, you know, and then as the, you know, as I finished and I went along, I'm like, okay, no, I'm supposed to do more with this. And, and that's when I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to create, you know, create a new organization, create a new company, a new organization and start, start really, you know, just kind of running with it and seeing where, you know, where it goes. So then like, where did the, where did the book, like the idea for the book, where was that birth from? Because it sounds like that was like the stepping stone before I spark change. Right. Yes. Yes. Very, very true. Very true. And I think it all goes together. And you know, one of my favorite quotes is, is the Steve jobs quote about you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only connect them backwards, right? You can, you look and you, and you see the, the trail and you're like, okay, this all makes sense then. And so at the time, I wouldn't have been able to figure that out or know what was going to happen beforehand. And, and the idea for my book came from tw- something that happened 20 years ago, where I was driving along with my wife and two daughters at the time. I have three, three daughters who are all grown now, but they were, you know, two were young at the time, one and four. And we're driving along um, the freeway in uh, Los Angeles, where we lived at the time, and it started raining really, really heavy. And it was the first time that it's rained and had rained in a long time, where the roads were were very slippery and and people were being very cautious. And we were coming back from a birthday party on a Sunday evening, and so we wanted to get home, and we were like two hours away. And we saw cars had pulled over because they was just you know, raining too hard, and and then we. You know, tell my wife, should we pull over? And she's like, well, no, it's going to be dark soon. And that's going to be worse. So we might as well just, you know, go cautious and just kind of continue on. And so we continued on just cautiously and we're driving in the slow lane and, you know, I'm probably going, I don't know, like 40 or something on the freeway, just really slow. And I, all of a sudden I hit a huge puddle and we start hydroplaning and spinning out of control, just spinning 360 degrees, spinning, 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 spinning. And we spin across four lanes and we're about to hit the center divider and we're screaming, you know, I'm screaming, she's screaming, and I'm trying to steer and, and we, we don't hit the center divider and we start spinning the other way and we continue to spin and spin and spin. And then we go off the shoulder and up a dirt embankment and we hit a cinder block wall and we flip over and we land on the wheels. And, and I, you know, turn to my wife and I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm okay. And, and the, the look at my daughters and they're crying, but they're fine. And the car is filled with glass and dirt because the windshield had shattered and the windows on the right side had shattered when we hit the wall, I, I guess. And the roof is smushed down to here. And so we managed to crawl out of my side and an elderly couple had pulled over and you know, the lady wrapped a blanket around my wife. It's still pouring rain. She wraps a blanket around my wife and my wife is sitting there crying and holding my daughters and just, you know, thanking God that, that they're okay. Cause they're not a scratch. And, and I'm talking to the, to the man and he says, it's the most incredible thing he's ever witnessed. He's like, I can't believe you got out of the car alive. And, and he, he, we, we go call the ambulance, you know, and, and they have to, they, we, they had already called the ambulance. And so we go in the ambulance and they check in the ER docs. Like, I don't even need to look at your daughters. Like they're fine. I'm like, please, you know, do whatever you have to. He's like, they're completely fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with them. And I was just, I, I really couldn't believe, you know, that we had gone through that and everything was fine. And, 
And even the next day, so our car was towed off. And even the next day I had to go pick up our things from the trunk because we had been traveling. So we had things in the trunk and, and I pull up, I, I get dropped off there at the, at the impound place. And that my car is sitting on a flatbed tow truck in the front of the office and it's still sitting there all smashed. And I go inside to the office and I tell the, the, the attendant there, I said, Hey, I, I need to get my things out of the, the car outside. And he's like, which car? I'm like the black Grand Prix that's on the tow truck. And he's like, that's not your car. And I'm like, yeah, that's my car. I need to get. And he's like, no, it can't be your car. I'm like, yeah, it's my car. He goes, no, whoever was driving that is either in the hospital or dead. And he's like, I can always tell, you know, by how the car looks. I'm like, well, it's my car. Like I show my stuff. And he's like, man, you're really lucky. You know, I, I, you know, I always, every time I see the cars, you know, it's never a good outcome for the driver. Right. And all those things just caused me to reflect more and more on, on what, what had happened, you know, what had really happened. And, and, you know, my mom was saying that my guardian angel protected us. And, you know, I was thinking about that and, and she gave me this little angel pin to put in my visor while we were driving, you know, my, my youngest daughter didn't even want to get in the car anymore after that. And my wife wouldn't drive in the rain. And, you know, it was just, it was like, a, they were just scared. But I had to for work. So, you know, I'm driving and, and one day I'm staring up kind of daydreaming and I'm staring up at a pin. And the idea for my book hits me like I had just watched it a movie, like I just seen the movie. Right. And I could recant what I had, had seen. And I was like, you know, this that's a really cool story. Like I should write that. And I wrote about a page and I typed it in some laptop that who knows you know, what happened to that computer. And I never did anything with it until last year when you know, we, we go into isolation and lockdown and I'm feeling anxious and, and struggling, you know, with feelings that I'm not comfortable with and, you know, no control and, and uncertainty. And that's when I was like, you know, like, I need to write, I need to write this book to you know help myself and, and help others. And, and so, you know, as I just to circle back to, to answering your question, Mike, it's that, you know, that idea, that seed was planted 20 years ago, right? But it's, it's kind of like those, you know, the, the great bamboos or whatever. It, it had to stay in the ground for for years before it, you know, was ready to to come out. And and you know, I think it was just it was you know God's timing and and you know, what was going on with me, me being ready to be in a place to to you know move forward with my growth. That you know, it was time to for the book to come out. It was time for Ice Park Change to be born. You know, all of that. It just it probably would have you know, withered and died had it had it you know broken the surface twenty years ago, but now it was ready. So, do you see like over? You said it was twenty years, right from yes. from the accident to when you've written the book. So, over the that twenty years, do you see change that has occurred within you personally that puts you in a different state of mind or like a different demeanor, different character that now? Like with last year, you know, with COVID and being locked down, that that stuff all built up to like a culmination where it was like the perfect time to write the book. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I do. And that's why, you know, to use my analogy of the seed being being nurtured is that I I needed that growth. I needed those 20 years of growth. And and, and at the time when you know, go back 20 years, I'm a young father. I'm a young guy. I mean, we had our kids young. I'm a young guy. I'm, I'm still, I'm still learning to have a family. I mean, I'm still selfish. I'm still in many ways, you know, thinking of myself before others and, and in many ways was just, you know, 
kind of about the the material things in life, right? Having fun, you know, partying, whatever, just just thinking about those. And, and that's what what my life was about. And, you know, over the over the past 20 years, I've grown to where, you know, my my family comes first in everything I do. And that's been for a long time. You know, maybe that happened, maybe that was the first, that was the first, you know, stage of growth, right? That happened maybe 18 years ago or 19 years ago, right? Soon after where I realized they're the most important you know, the most important thing in my life and then just different growth along the way that I had to, to go through, you know, learn how to communicate better or learn how to understand others better. And, you know, and I think it's just a combination of things. I mean, either like trainings I went through at work or books I read or, you know, scripture or spiritual development, or, you know, I've become a lot of, I have a much closer relationship with God than I had back then. I mean, way closer. And I think there's been different life experiences that have happened along the way that have all contributed to fostering that growth. My my sister uh, took her own life in 2004. So there was a ton of, of introspection and growth that came after that. My Over the, the years, there was various issues with parents and health issues. And then my father passed away in 2019. And that's when I was like, really, hey, you know, that book was really kind of percolating back here, you know, as it was getting close. And, uh, and so all those things, all those experiences they all led to just growth and, and the timing and everything being ready. You know, like you're saying when it finally came out last year. Yeah. I mean, it, I know from the journey that I've been on, it's like I change in the process. And so like my perception, what I bring to the table is different. Do you also like when, when, when you talk about all the stuff that's gone on in that time frame? you know, do you see like you have been able to bring maybe more emotion or, empathy kind of to the story that may not have been there 20 years ago. So, so like how you draw people in, you know, as far as bringing that, that personal component, do you think that's something that was also growing with you as you've gone through, you know, like the loss of your sister and, and your dad and, and, you know, just other, other events has that kind of changed as well? Absolutely. Like without a doubt, without a doubt, 100%, you know, as you're saying that I was like, you know, I'm doing my best not to say anything because I, I wanted to be like, yes, that's exactly what's happened. I wanted to be like, yes. And and it's because it's so strong. It's so powerful that that the all the things you mentioned, too. Right. Like the the empathy for others and you know, not being as selfish or or the emotions or the vulnerability all of that I've grown. Oh my gosh, so much. And, and I'd say more so probably in the last five years than, you know, you know, I mean, I'm sure over time, right. In the last 20, but more so, you know, and you get, you get older, you start, I don't know, getting farther along in life and, and you hopefully acquire some wisdom or, or at least you, you know, start thinking of, of things, you know, like next phases in life and all of that. And, you know, things happen like deaths and, and these things that happen that make you, you know, make you stop and think. And that's where I've, that's probably, those are probably the areas where I've grown the most because, you know, as a, as a young man, like I said, I was one of those that was, you know, cocky at times. And like I said, selfish and, and never wanted to show weakness or, or be vulnerable or anything like that. And then now it's like, that's, I mean, that's who I am. That, that's, that's how I am daily. 
right? It's just, just with, with everyone, you know, hopefully you're seeing some of that right now and, and for your listeners, but, but yeah, like I'm just an open book as they say. And, and that was never who I was when I was younger. Just everything was just very close to the vest, you know, maybe hiding things or, or what have you. And, and the reality is Mike is that, you know, that when, at least what I found is when we are like that, when we do open up, and we truly allow ourselves, you know, to be vulnerable and, and, and be our, you know, authentic self with others and everything, then that's where the true connection comes in. That's where we really have those deep relationships. And so to your point, that's where I'm sure my writing was better or, you know, an interview like this is better than, you know, what it would have been if I had written something 20 years ago and had an interview that, that all of that is going to be exponentially greater because you know you're getting at the heart of everything instead of just something on the surface hi coach mike here hey thanks so much for listening to the living fearless today podcast man if you're struggling with your worth feeling you're not enough and playing small honestly this isn't your lot in life there is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth feel respected be confident and play bigger in all areas of your life Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. I can understand and that absolutely makes sense. You had talked about after the accident, like your your daughter is afraid to get in the car your wife is is not wanting to be in the car when it's raining was there stuff that you had to work through both for yourself personally getting back in the car and then was there stuff that you had to like guide your your family through in moving from that situation you know what probably probably doing it the wrong way at that time but as I was saying, I was the, you know, use, use the old word, you know, the macho guy or whatever. So I just buried all that under the rug, right. For myself, it was just like, Oh, I'm just, I'm not even going to feel those feelings. Right. I would just, just make myself numb to any of that stuff. So whether it was, even if I was getting freaked out driving in a storm or whatever, I wouldn't let myself feel it. I mean, I don't even remember having those feelings, honestly, because I just probably just buried them down so deep or just like, Hey, I'm just going to deal with it. You know, be strong for your family and all that stuff. And, and so, you know, like I said, I don't know if that's, that's right or wrong, but at the time, that's how, that's how I dealt with all that. You know, if, if I were to go through a similar situation today, I'm sure I'd deal with it in a, you know, in a much different, much different manner. Right. And have, have more empathy for them. And, you know, and, and I mean, I remember, I don't remember any specific time, but I, I can imagine just knowing myself as if, if, you know, my daughter's crying, she doesn't want to get in her car seat, you know, me like just shoving her in the car seat and like, okay, you just got, we have to go like, you know, let's go and just get in your seat. And, you know, and, and she just has to deal with it. Right. Cause that's how, that's kind of how I was raised. And, and that's the type of person I was, you know, at that point in time. And, and yeah, and that's where just like your last question, you know, that's where it was, it was where I really had to grow, you know, in, in my empathy as a, as a human being, as a, as a father, you know, as a member of society. Yeah, and I think we all have that choice. It's, it's whether we choose to go through it. And I mean, you've obviously made that choice. It's not an easy one to always make, 
but I applaud you on that, man, because it's like being able to look back and go, yeah, I probably didn't handle this right. But now being in a place where you, where you're able to reflect and go, yeah, that, that was what I did then, you know, wouldn't be the way I handle it, man. I can look back and <laughs> there's a litany of things along those way, you know, along those lines in that same vein. So we've talked about, you know, the book 12 hours. Can you, can you go ahead and share like what the, the premise of the book is and kind of like what, what your desire is that people would get out of it? Yeah. Thank you for asking that, Mike, because that it's an area that, you know, I work so much on the ice bar on ice bar change that, that 12 hours of heaven is, is kind of taking a back seat to everything we're working on. And and when people ask about it, it, it really, it really makes me feel special because I remember all the things that I wanted the book to to provide for others, right? All the things that I wanted it to be about. And, and the the story is about an angel that is sent down from heaven. So if you remember, I'm looking at, up at an angel pen, thinking that our guardian angel protected us. So it's about an angel that is sent down from heaven who to help some people on earth. But what happens is he gets trapped in an elevator with uh, 10 individuals for a period of 12 hours. That's where the name comes from. And they're trapped in this elevator for for 12 hours overnight. And during that time, he's able to help each of them with a a challenge that they're facing in their lives. And so, for example, there's a, and they're they're all different types of people. So there's a, a young single mother, Carly, and he's able to help her teaching her to practice gratitude and, or to, you know, to show, show gratitude. And and so they're the the lessons, as I call them, lessons for a better world. They're they're not anything that people haven't heard before. They're not anything that's you know just crazy and and so far out there. You know about showing gratitude or practicing stillness or having faith. I mean, these are all things that have been you know around for for millennia, right? Just forever. And but what I want people to to learn from that and what I want people to get out of the book. And the whole reason I wrote it in the first place is, you know, to provide some inspiration, to provide some hope, to show people that just because times may be tough and times were tough last year when I was writing it, times are still tough today. There's different challenges that face everybody on a daily basis. It doesn't matter what those challenges are. Right. I mean, I talked about, you know, the, the negativity and the racism and, the, and, you know, suffering and, you know, the pandemic and all these things I talk about in, in a, you know, little introduction there on the book, but that were kind of my writing fuel that kept me, kept me motivated in writing, but it can be whatever someone's facing. But what I want someone to get from it is to just take something from the book that is going to help them improve in some way. And, and by virtue of them improving some way, that's going to lead to others. It's going to improve the lives of others. And it has this ripple effect that spreads. And I've had, I've had people write me and tell me that, oh, I've been, you know, since I read your book, I, I, I practice gratitude every morning. You know, I, I write something I'm grateful for every morning. Or, you know, someone else says that, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I meditate and I'm still for, you know, for some time every day and, and different things, right? What, whatever has, whatever resonated with them, right? And so I think there's enough of variety. There's enough, you know, of different characters that hopefully there's someone in there that, that someone, you know, reader will connect with. They'll, they'll see something in either what they're going through or, you know, the solution that's provided and that it'll lead them to, you know, some positive action that's going to help them and then in turn help others. 
Cool. Is there a reason, like, did you intentionally pick a story versus like, Hey, here's a self-help, you know, 10 step book. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as you, you may end up with something where it's uh, do the gratitude, do habits, you know, whatever you're going all the way through it. Did the story just come naturally or was it you, you said, I want to write a story versus, you know, a checklist style yeah. format book. The, the, where it came from is, is, is kind of twofold. So in that time, right after my accident, where I had, was going through a, a time, you know, reflecting, right. And introspection and everything about what had happened and the effect on me and everything in that time, I wrote a little list for myself and I called it my to-do list for every day. And on that list, it was things that I wanted to practice, things that I wanted to do each day to live a better life. So for example, it's, it said, be grateful, live like it's the last day of your life because it very well may be. Treat everyone with respect and kindness, you know, do unto others, live in the moment, things like that, right? And it was a list of like a dozen things. And that was really the foundation of what 12 hours of heaven would become because I, I, I had written that list. And then I have this idea of this angel that helps people and is trapped in an elevator. Now, originally I thought, okay, he's going to teach the people in the elevator my to-do list, right? Those are going to be the things that he's going to teach them, right? Well, that was the idea I had 20 years ago. And then that was still my foundational idea when I started writing, because I always, I, the story had been shared with me. It's an elevator. It's a, it's a angel that comes down and he helps others and they're trapped in an elevator. So that foundation was always in my head. So I, I never thought it was going to be a nonfiction. I always thought it was going to be, you know, a fictional story, a parable, if you will, to, yeah. with, with lessons wrapped within them. I just didn't know how I was going to go about that. Right. And as a first time writer, you kind of do your best to figure it out and speak to, you know, different writers and things to, to get some help. You know, I spoke to our friend, uh, mutual friend, Danny Bader, who, who helped, you know, give me some guidance initially and everything. And, but, but I always knew, Hey, it, it's not just going to be me talking because they, they weren't my words. I, I never felt like that to-do list was just my words. I felt like, Hey, this is something you've been given as a gift by what happened to you. And my book, I felt, and especially, as I said, the farther I went along, I started becoming more and more spiritually connected that I, it wasn't my story that I was just writing the story was being shared with me. And I was just typing it right. I was just being, being um, it was being dictated. I was, I was typing out the words and, so I, that's the big part of, of where the story came from. And the second part is that in, in the, as I said, the variety of characters and, and knowing that there's so many different challenges that everybody on this planet faces on a daily basis that, you know, you can only hope to connect with people in some way and, and where we really connect. It, it's not in the good times. It's in the, it's in the challenges, right. And in the overcoming adversity and, and those struggles. And so that's why I wanted to paint a picture of, you know, various struggles that people are going on that would be realistic to the, to what some people may be facing today, you know, like the single, like the single mother, you know, that she may be facing those challenges of, of having an unplanned, you know, child that she's now raising on her own and, you know, dealing with that from a young age. And, you know, I mean, these are very real scenarios, everything that all, everything that all the characters deal with, they're very real life um, challenges. And so, as I said, hopefully those resonate and those are things that uh, will help people connect. So they get some benefit out of it. Totally makes sense. If we can, can 
uh, we step back ahead up to iSpark change. So, so can we talk a little bit more about like what's iSpark changes and, and there you go. And I love the (laughs) bottle too. That looks awesome. But can we talk about what iSpark changes and, and where, what your objective is, like where, where you're, you're aiming for, what are you wanting to, to see come out of it? Sure. Sure. I spark change. Okay. That I'm going to work backwards. All right. The goal, <laughs> sure, the, that's cool. the goal of the goal of I spark change is to positively impact 1 billion people. Okay. Now, how do we impact 1 billion people? All right. That sounds really daunting, you know, to myself and, and to many others. And so here's how I see it. The, the goal of I spark change is from a you know basic level is to empower every individual to empower them and show them that they can have an impact, that they can spread positive change, that it doesn't take monumental efforts to spread positive change and to have an impact on your day. That just by you and I having a a conversation about, you know, what I've gone through, that that will have an impact on someone and that that leads them to some positive action in their life. And and what what we want to sh- so we created a community so we have a Facebook community we have our online community through our webpage and everything and so we've created this community which we're growing and what the community is is it's to show people that they're they have others that are in this with them we're we're all in the same boat so to speak right you're not alone if you think hey you know what can I do what can little old me do to make a difference it's like no you're not little old me like like every day you have a chance to make a difference when you're driving on the road and you, someone needs to get in to turn and you, you give them a courtesy wave and and let them in and they go ahead of you and they, they make turn. You've impacted them positively. You may have made a difference in their lives that you will never be able to measure, you know? And, and, and that's what I want people to see is to realize is that some of these things that we do on a daily basis, we take for granted and we don't even think that they have an impact. You know, you hold the door open for someone when you go somewhere. You may have touched them at the lowest point in their day, at the lowest point in their month. They may be on the verge of suicide. And, you know, just by people being nice to them that day, they said, hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to take my life today. And, and I'll, I'll share a story in a second about that. But but that's the ripple effect that we're after. Okay. We're, we're looking for that ripple effect. Right. And, and as I said, we want to impact a billion people. And what that looks like is that we've started with our online community and that's going to evolve into a social media platform that is not geared towards, you know, not geared towards people posting funny jokes or cat videos or whatever, but the social um, media platform is geared towards connecting Everyone, anyone, any organization, any nonprofit, any community, any team, any group that wants to spread positive change and and have a social impact. It's almost it's almost, if you will, like a like a a matching service. Uh, Someone has equated it to like a dating service, but it's where you know, each organization, each individual, they go in and they'll fill out their profile and they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm interested in human rights and I'm interested in, you know, cleaning, clean water. And someone else says, oh, I'm interested in just, in just helping on a local level. Or someone else says, hey, I'm interested in, you know, providing, sending things to the elderly or whatever it is, right? Any, any type of thing, any, any positive action that you could possibly think of, the sky's the limit, right? And 
where we connect individuals and share different things that are going on throughout the world. So, you know, you, Mike, with, with your expertise and your background, there may be someone that you help in South America or in Asia that they post something. You're like, hey, that looks really cool. Let me find out about that. And they're like, hey, we could use your, your knowledge. You want to consult with us on this and, you know, give us answer, you know, five questions that will help us in our endeavor. Great. And you, you know, you answer those five questions and you've, you've improved the world. And, and that's by doing so, we expect to impact, you know, spread our impact substantially, substantially greater. And, and I'll say the importance of this. And it's just the story I said I'd share is I was on a, a radio interview with Spirit Radio, which is a the largest uh, Christian radio station in Ireland. If you could imagine a few years ago, there weren't any Christian radio stations in Ireland, which is pretty hard to believe, but they're the original Christian radio station. They've been around for about 15 years and they're the, they're the biggest. They reach millions of people. And I did an interview with them. It was a while back, maybe like February. And while I'm speaking to the host, Jackie, she, she got some messages, you know, people can, they can text the radio station, send in messages and things. And she gets a message and it's a, it's from a young and, you know, I don't think there's, I don't think these things are put this way, like at, by accident, right? I think there's, you know, higher powers involved, but it's from a young mother that is sitting there breastfeeding her, her young infant. And she proceeds to tell Jackie to say, you know, I, I'm sitting here being so inspired by, you know, hearing you talking to the, you know, the, the man, the founder from iSpark Change and hearing what they want to do to impact the world. And I'm so inspired and I have to tell you that, I, I, you know, just a few days ago, I was in a very low point, you know, having postpartum depression and that she's like, I was contemplating taking my own life. And, and now I feel so inspired. I have some hope, you know, you guys are giving me some hope with, you know, everything you're talking about today. And, and it's really, it's, you know, really helps. And, you know, thank you for everything that you're doing. And Jackie shares this with me and I, I started tearing up. I, I was like, like, this is exactly why this is exactly why, you know, I'm doing this work, because if she hadn't shared this with me, I may have never known that nobody would have ever known that if that lady wasn't courageous enough to send her message into the station. Right. But but she would have been impacted. She would know that it had made a difference in her life. And more important, it would have made a difference in her life. And, you know, and then everything that would have come for come forth because of that. And so. That, that's what I want people to remember is that there's going to be millions of times or billions of times throughout our lives where we, we're never going to be able to read that text or hear that story, but it's things like that have happened. And just knowing that, you know, we've done our part, you know, that should be enough knowing that you're at least you're taking the steps. So are you seeing like unlikely, you know, kind of collaborations within there where it's like, maybe a cowboy gets with a biker, you know what I'm saying? Like people that normally wouldn't interact. Are you kind of seeing that kind of collaboration coming together to, to spark the change? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, it's, it's going, you know, our, our, our ice park changes, it's open to anyone, anyone that says, Hey, I want to spread positive change. You can join ice park change. You can be part of the community. You know, our rules are in the, in the Facebook group or, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty basic, right? You just, you spread some positivity, you share positive content. And, and so I want it to be open to anyone. You know, there, there are no walls, there are no limitations, there are no races or anything like that. It's just, it's just people that are helping people and that's it. And, and, and again, that word help 
doesn't mean anything significant. It can if someone chooses it to be that, but it, it can be as simple as, hey, you know, someone uh, posted someone uh, something and I made a comment saying, hey, great job. You know, you're, you're doing good work. You know, keep it up. I mean, do you can people probably don't cons- people do that a thousand times a day and they probably don't consider that helping another another person. Right. But but yeah, that to answer your questions, connecting all different types, people that wouldn't normally connect people from any side of the world, people, you know, large organizations connecting with the you know tiny group over here or the tiny group connecting with the the world renowned expert over here that has some knowledge that they need. You know, it, it doesn't matter. There's no limit. That's awesome. I love it because it's like almost like you're giving people a vehicle to impact one another. And just like we don't know where, you know, somebody might be at, you know, as they might be gruff in the grocery store or cut us off in traffic. We don't know what kind of day they've had, but you're Mm -hmm. you're giving people an opportunity and a way to positively impact others to make their day kind of headed in that, that, you know, more positive direction to give them a smile, which I mean, we, we don't just like, we don't know why somebody might be upset. We don't know why somebody might, you know, be in need of a smile, but that's always something great to pass along. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Cause that's an example, I, a simple example I've used often in, you know, in, in questions when this question is asked about the smile and, you know, even if the person never acknowledges it, right, they don't, they don't smile back. They don't give you the courtesy wave back on the road. I mean, it's like you said, you know, you never know what they're going through. And, and, you know, as long as you just know you, you did your part, then, you know, that's enough because yeah. in the end, even if you never see the results, even if you never see that ripple, right. Even if you never saw the ripple, never saw the results, any of that in the end, you were changed. Yeah. You were changed. You've gotten all the benefit. If I were to work for the next 20 years and I, and no one ever shared any positive stories with me, no one ever told me anything, gave me any positive reinforcement, I would have been changed along the way. And so it would have done its part. Awesome. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And it's going to say, and it's like in the process of making somebody smile, it impacts us. So, I mean, you're just helping us to smile even bigger. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Rick, how can people get, you know, get a hold of the book, get in touch with like you, and then also how can they participate in iSpark Change to like your Facebook group and, and website? Yes. Thank you for asking that, Mike, because it is so important for people to, to join and, and to, to support iSpark Change and, and, you know, share with others. So other people, you know, this ripple just goes faster and, and increases uh, as far as 12 hours of heaven, that's it's online. It's on Amazon. It's Kindle and paperback versions. It's on Google Play and, and Plus. And there, there's Ingram Spark. It's it's all over the place online. But Amazon's you know typically where most people find it. It's very easily accessible. And I Spark Change. If they go to you know www the letter i sparkchange.com, they'll see our website. And in another couple of weeks, they'll see the updated one. But they'll, they'll see the other one there for now, which has information. They can join. There's just, you know, you can say join iSpark Change. They'll, if they do, they can sign up for our newsletter where they'll, they'll see blogs or, or different content, uh, different positive content. And then, then most importantly, if they join the Facebook community, they type in iSpark Change on Facebook, they'll see the Facebook community, uh, Instagram, Twitter, where iSpark Change on, on all those platforms, YouTube channel. But by joining that community, that's where daily they'll see 
positive content, inspirational content, motivational content. They'll see videos, they'll see quotes, they'll see scripture, they'll see just all different things on a daily basis that we share to to impact others and, and impact the world. And then as we grow, they'll be able to learn more about what are the next phases, you know, as things uh, start trickling out. Awesome. Well, Rick, thank you again for joining me, sharing, you know, how, how you've come along in your journey, how the book was birthed, how that then, no pun intended, sparked, I sparked change, but gave birth to it. And I mean, just the amazing impact that you're making, not only in your your life and your family's life, but also you're equipping and and giving us a vehicle to make change as well. So thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mike. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I hope this has an impact on you know some of your, your viewers and listeners. I'm sure it will. Thank you, Rick. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.